If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fox Trek. I'm your host, Matt Brady. Joining me once again, uh, A.T., uh, I believe it is now King of Fuzz style. Yeah, how about that? On, I just on keep Twitter. Friggin' every. I mean, every time, man. It's like it's like you're like. I think this is it. I I think this is it. And then uh, it's like the next episode we do. It's it's a it's a new Twitter. But handle, so. uh, this has been the longest I've stayed with any of the changes. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> but but yeah. Let's, let's, yeah, King of Fuzz style. Adam's getting back into you know playing some guitar stuff like that. That's that's where, that's where that's where that comes nice, from, nice combo you know? of uh, wrestling and, and and music at the same time. Mm-hmm. So so yeah so yeah man. But uh, thanks for having me back back Matt as as usual, dude. How you doing? Hey man, I'm good. You know, uh, I think it's been uh, it's been it's I, I needed a summer break. I, I think that's what's ultimately going to happen here on Box Trick. Is I <laughs> I always need that. I always need kind of a summer break to kind of uh, get the creative juices flowing again. Um, and so I'm good. I'm like, okay. I feel like I almost feel like it's going to be like seasonal, you know, as I'm always going to need just kind of like July, August, like kind of off, like to really kind of like, okay, think about what it is I want to, how I want to, how I want to redo the stuff. Um, getting ready to uh, getting pumped. Uh, going to actually be start producing a lot more YouTube content. Um, yeah. here, here, here shortly. So yeah, stay tuned for that. But man, you know, uh, the last time, uh, we did an episode, well, we did, we did, we, we did one about E3, but yeah. we had started kind of, we had started kind of doing like just picking a system and each picking about three games. Yeah. Uh, we did, we did PS1, we did NES, um, we did SNES and now we're going to do DS um, because you and I have both talked about this a little bit, and we both kind of feel the DS, the library is so big. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. It, and there's so many gems. I, w- I wouldn't even call this a hidden gems kind of episode. It's just like, because the library itself is almost hidden, because it, it's just so big. It's it's hard It's hard really to tell. And uh, so... It's kind of like a love letter. Kind of it's more of a... It's more of a... Yeah, or like a spotlight. Yeah. You know, so... Um, so we each, we each have, we each have a, a handful of games here. Um, some of them I think are kind of, you know, you could consider a classic, but we are just talking the DS. So Adam, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, Ooh. cause I, I think, I think I know which game you're going to start with. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk. I'm going to start off with something, uh, pretty well known, but this, there's quite a bit to say about this and anyone around, you know, mine and Matt's age, you know, you grew up probably playing an N64 at one point. And I'm going to talk about one of the launch titles, actually, that was for the DS. Something pretty popular. A game I think everybody knows is uh, Super mm-hmm. Mario 64 DS, actually. Released uh, November 21st, 2004 in North America. And get this. Get this. How about this? We got it before the Japan release, which was in de- wow. on December 2nd, actually. Um, like I said, it was a launch title. And... As the title implies, this is a remake of the 1996 Super Mario 64. So, mm-hmm. we, I mean, y- you know the story, obviously. It's just, you know, Mario's got to save Peach from Bowser. But there's a couple of more twists on the DS version, and this is all to properly utilize the DS uh, and its functions. And they did a lot of great stuff with this remake. One thing, for sure, was they updated the graphics. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 completely black and white when you compare like two screens, right? If you compare the N sixty four version to the um, the DS version, obviously, you could clearly see mm-hmm. the differences there. And um, the real big spin on this game, 
actually, uh, for anyone that hasn't played this. You actually do not start this game as Mario. You start it as Yoshi. Because, guess what? You get to play as more than one character in this game, which kind of dips into and replaces a couple of other functions that the N64 version had, but I'm going to get to that in a little bit. So you start off as Yoshi, and you have to um, unlock Mario, Luigi, Wario, and I think later on Princess Peach. I've never actually unlocked Peach, though. I've, I've beaten the game. Um, I've never gotten all the stars because actually in the original Super Mario 64, I think it's 120 power stars, I think, you get. Mm -hmm. This has 150, actually. There's a couple of more added levels, hidden levels, stuff like that. Um, and, like, I've gotten as many as I have. I've beaten the classic story where it's like you have to fight Bowser uh, three times and stuff like that. Um, but you still have all your classic worlds in the game as well. Kind of like redone graphically. So you have, you know, Bomb on Battlefield, Big Boo's Haunt, uh, Cool Cool Mountain, Hazy Maze Cave, uh, Lethal Lava Land, uh, Shifting Sandland, which is probably my favorite, Dire Dire Docks, etc., etc. They're, they're all there. Uh, but like I said, you have to unlock Mario, and then you can unlock Luigi and Wario. And in doing that, they added extra levels to unlock them. And what was so... Um, cool about that was really diving into those levels and see the way they were designed it's almost like they were always a part of the game like they had a real like natural feel they were done very tastefully with like the original game in mind i think um have, have you actually played this one matt um so i have played okay so here's the thing i'll be i'll be i'll be perfectly honest <laughs> Super Mario 64 in in general is I know so many people especially in our age group say it is the best Mario game. It is, you know, it's the first 3D one and they absolutely love it. I've never really been big on Mario 64. Oh, wow. Um it's usually towards the so and, and I've talked about this before is my Nintendo 64 story is I got the 64 so late in its life cycle that um i was a playstation guy by that time i was too and so and so i just i missed out on a lot of the big n64 games and so like i just never never really played it and every time i try to play it okay i just fair enough um i mean i see it i i totally get why people like it um i've played a, a little bit of the emulated version uh of this the ds version and so i've seen some of the differences like you said uh, definitely graphically it's a little bit better um i want to say that the aspect ratio is just slightly more uh zoomed out um just because of the nature kind of of the ds yeah uh, yeah because it's not a four by three it's not necessarily 16 by nine i don't know what the exact aspect ratio is on the ds but it is a little bit um more stretched out um but you know as you said you get the you get the different characters and you know i think that's i think i think that's cool from what i've seen is a lot of the glitches and things you could do in 64 are still in this game i think so um i don't know about too many of the glitches i kind of just know the typical little tricks you can do to like help you in certain levels and stuff like that but if there's any others that i don't know about then i mean oh well i know i know a lot of people try to do a lot of tricks with like speed runs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and everything so if it's anything in regards to that i probably don't know about it because i just don't really speed run any uh games but Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go into a, another feature here. Like I said, so it's like you have these other characters in there. So in the original game, you have the different caps you can get. You know, you have your flying cap, your um, – I don't ever remember what it was called, but it helps you, like, go through certain walls and, like, cages mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then you have your metal cap. So basically each character has sort of, like, a different function, and it's like each character could only get – the specific hat, really. Like, mm-hmm. Yoshi, for one, could get 
a hat that could turn him into one of the other characters if you're playing as Yoshi to give them that ability. But Mario gets the flying cap. Luigi gets the cap that lets you phase through walls and stuff like that. And Wario gets the metal cap, actually. Mm -hmm. So depending on what level you're going to and what kind of power star you're getting, it kind of really forces you at this point. It's not like how in 64 you just dive in as Mario and get the hat you need and then just plow through the level. Sometimes you might go in with a different character and think, oh, I got to get out of this and go back in as this character and stuff like that. So so that's cool. It kind of adds a um, a different feel to the whole game. Uh, and like I said, I never got Peach, so I don't really know what she's all about in this game. There's also added mini games, but to be honest, there's... I looked at the list. I don't know if Peach is playable. Okay. I'm looking. I don't I don't think I don't, I'm looking at some of the changes. I don't believe she is. Okay. All right. I guess I I might have just always looked at that wrong and that's probably just why Maybe I never maybe she her. is. Maybe she is. I'm yeah, maybe she is. I'm not I'm not 100% sure cuz I I'm not I'm not as familiar with this game. There are, just from what I'm reading. There are a lot of mini games though and it was just I never oh, gotcha. I never really played them. Mm-hmm. Uh cuz there's just so many so I really couldn't tell you really about them but you know it's it's something cool to do to keep uh replayability value in the game um there's uh other multiplayer aspects of the game you can do as well which you know i never really tried the multiplayer function on this game at all so i don't know what that's all about too i don't know if that goes inside with the mini games or if you can play like certain levels with each other to get power stars but all in all it was a solid port, uh, and it was a it's a great way to introduce a new generation at the time to Super Mario 64. And it was just an awesome showcase to show what the DS was ready to do. And it's kind of like it's kind of like in a sense like with the Game Boy Advance or the Game Boy Advance SP, where it's essentially you took a Super Nintendo and shoved it into this little handheld. You kind of took mm-hmm. an N64, but then some, and I'm going to get into a little bit of that later on, and you stuck it into essentially what the DS was. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. It, it was just phenomenal. And for me, mm-hmm. I loved this because I once I got Wario unlocked, I did nothing but play as Wario. Like I did not like care because just Wario was always my favorite uh, Mario character and plays him in a more 3D based game. Yeah, I just I I had a lot of fun with that. But yeah, it's same game, new skin, just uh yeah, that's it. And it's like everything is upgraded. I'm looking at I'm looking at all the differences here. Um and it's literally it's like ev- they talk about every character has an updated um graphic. Uh they t- Princess Peach says wears her hair up in her appearances instead of wearing her hair down as she did in the original game, which is based on how she now appeared right. in Super Mario Sunshine, mm-hmm. uh, which you know, kind of goes with that ponytail. Thing. So it's just really cool when you really start looking at a lot of the, you know, just a lot of the differences and and what they put into what they put into this game. And if you want to play Super Mario 64 on the go, this is the best way to do it, which for a lot of people I think was the selling point. I think it's the same reason a lot of people were so pleased when they did essentially the same thing with the 3DS. They said, let's take a classic game and give it a remake. And they just, you know, they chose Ocarina of Time, right. another 64 game. And then they actually, you know, then they've since then they've done Majora's Mask and they did Star Fox yeah. 64 on the on the 3DS as well. So um, yeah, a handful of Nintendo 64 games that have been remade for your, you know, you can play you can play portably. Now, if we can just get them on the Switch, you know, we'll be set to go. <laughs> yeah, it's still a game so, every now and then. I, I, I still pop it in to, to this day because mm-hmm. it's just it's and that's And that's the best thing. That's the best thing about Mario games is that you can always, um, you can just always go back to them. You, you can always, you can always, you can always go back to them and, and play no matter, no matter what. That's it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, what I want to talk about is essentially another uh, kind of remake, uh, if if you will, or enhanced version. It's a game we talked about a little bit before, uh, and that is the entire reason I bought a 3DS. So I, and I know we're talking DS, but it, it's really the reason. It's really one of the games I bought a 3DS for. Right. So I really kind of missed the DS uh my brother had one I didn't really play a lot of DS when it was out 
Um, I kind of got into it when the 3DS XL was was coming out. I was like, you know, I'm gonna. I know that the 3DS can play DS games. I want to go back, and I want to play all these games I've missed. And one of the biggest games I wanted to play was I really wanted to get into uh, Pokemon. And so this is around the time that Pokemon Black and White were coming out. But I decided I was like, no, I need to go further back. And I got uh, my th- I bought a 3DS, like the base the base model. And I bought Pokemon Soul Silver. Yeah. <laughs> so I still will contend that if you really want to talk about what generation of Pokemon is the best, I'd still have to say, I mean, the, the originals are great, but you got to look at gold, silver, and crystal because Agreed. 100%. You, get two, you get two regions. You get, you get two regions. And having played, I think that Soul Silver is much easier to go back to than regular silver um the, you know I, every time i try to i've been trying to replay uh silver or, or gold you know because you can get them on the 3ds like just the original versions of those right and you know it's, it's a lot of the, the starting area in gold and silver that generation is kind of confusing it like it just it, it's i don't know for whatever for whatever reason i when i when i when i go back and play it um i'm just like this is kind of confusing and i think that soul silver um just aesthetically, because it just looks so much better, I've always just found it easier to navigate. And I know this sounds like nitpicking some random obscure thing that no one cares about, uh, but <laughs> for for whatever reason, I just I just I, with gold and silver. When I, as recently, I've gone back and tried to play it. I'm like, what, where the heck am I supposed to go? You know, because it's just it's kind of confusing. Um, but so besides that, with the graphic updates that you get in gold and silver they expand on it a lot more there's just the compatibility with being able to trade with all of the other ds games and so it really opens up the pokemon library you know this is before the pokemon bank right um you know so it's one of the things i've always loved about pokemon is you're able to uh, you know carry over your pokemon from you know, forever. You can just keep carrying them on and on in games. And uh, my buddy uh, Justin, who I've talked about before in the show, he's a big Pokemon guy. Um, we 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 had always drawn up like the map, the roadmap of how you'd have to like carry across Pokemon. Okay, well, like well, this game, you you know, you can transfer to these, and this game, and then you you know, and it's just 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 funny. And so, um, you have you played Heart Gold and Soul Silver? No, I only played the Either? the originals actually, and I've always okay. like, told myself you got to play those because. Gold and silver are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the cool things that uh, gold and heart gold and soul silver add is your. It's like besides yellow, it's the first game where the Pokemon would follow you. Yes, they yeah they they'd uh, they they'd follow you around. Um, and you can like turn around, see how they're doing. Um, they added some mini games as well. Oh. There was yeah. Um, it's like Voltorb Flip. I I I think it is. It's in the it's in the Japanese version. Um, it's like a slot machine, and there's just you know some other uh, uh, Pokathlon. Um, it's like a it's like a it's like they do like hurdles or whatever. Um, you know, it's almost like Pokemon Olympics, but but um, yeah, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, um, just like uh, Fire Red and leaf green you know they add like kind of another area at at the end right, you can kind right. of go you can you can go to it just it just makes it feel like okay once you've beaten the the pokemon league or and now i have that other challenge that infinitely more difficult challenge to to uh to go on to and it's the best for it's the best way to play you know the best pokemon game now isn't the um the function with uh, your pokemon following you isn't it based on whoever's first in your your party Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that's incredible how they reworked. At this point, we had uh, this coincides with the fourth gen, so like di- diamond, mm-hmm. pearl, platinum. So yep. they reworked all of those Pokemon to make these sprites specifically mm-hmm. for this game, and I just thought that was incredible. And th- the really cool thing was the uh, was the Poke Walker thing you could get with it too. I think it came with like a little um, Pokeball like mm-hmm. thing you could stick on your belt, but you could transfer a Pokemon into it and per step you walk in real life it's an experience point and i think they could pick up like items i think 
I think I mm-hmm. think so. So I always thought that was pretty cool too. But yeah, I'm with you on this one, Matt. It's like you know, I, you know, we grew up OG with Pokemon. You know, red, blue, yellow. But it, that's mm-hmm. that is classic. But there's just something about gold and silver that just blow it out of the water. It became so well, much more mythical too. I think. Well, it's point. because yeah, it's because it's because gold and silver are they're like they're like a sequel. Right where you went, you went back, and they introduced all these new Pokemon, but you could still go get the old mm-hmm. ones. And so, rather than what a lot of the other games do, is where they have okay, here's some new ones, here's some of the old ones. Um, it, you, it it let it lets you just be like, oh, well, you know, like I could still go, I could still use Charizard, or I could use oh god, now I'm I'm, I'm blanking, I'm blanking on what the. Uh, Oh, it's not Blaziken. Oh, uh, what's uh, the... Typhosion. 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 Yeah. yeah, Typhosion. Yeah, yeah, Typhosion. And I love Typhosion, you know, and actually. It's so mm-hmm. great. I was a I was a Feraligator guy. Oh, so, me too. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think yeah. when it comes to Firestarters, actually, I think my favorite actually is Typhosion, though, over Charizard. I think I would say that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, y- yeah. You just can't go wrong. No, you can't go wrong. Um, I think I found it in the wild for, like, 20 bucks that's a steal you know, for that game yeah yeah people I want armor still, like, for that one dude yeah people yeah heart gold soul silver people definitely people definitely want a uh uh yeah as you said an, an arm and a leg for so you know i mean heck if you if you can't i would just emulate it is the easiest way yeah to do it i'm i'm still i'm a big proponent of emulation i i know you're you know whether it's legal or not or whatever but uh i'm, I'm certainly a, a big uh big proponent of it um <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong, honestly, with just any of the main series Pokemon games. What I'm wondering, though, mm. what I'm really wondering is, this year we're getting a brand new Pokemon game, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if next year we're gonna get the follow up to Let's Go, Eevee and Pikachu, Ooh. and we get Let's Go. And it's and it's silver and silver and gold. Interesting. I like that. Well, that I would probably have to get too. Then I, <laughs> I mean, right. Oh my god, there's just too much stuff. Oh my god. I know. So that's that's my that's my thing because you know red and I mean heck red and red and blue red blue slash green have been you could almost argue they've been remade freak dude like three times because you know yellow came out. And it wasn't necessarily a remake, but it was certainly after Red and Blue, and they made it more about the anime, and they added some stuff, and it was like okay, so it wasn't really a remake, more of like an enhanced version. And, but it did have like different sprites. A lot it, of the sprites. It, were it did have different sprites. And, and actually, get this: that is the second time the sprites were reworked because originally, when Red and Green came out in Japan, I think in ninety six, ninety seven. Before it came out in America as red and blue, the sprites were even different then. So when they were going mm-hmm. to re-release in the United States, they redid the sprites for red and blue. Actually, so you could yeah. you could find those older sprites actually on Bulbapedia. It's all there, and you mm-hmm. can see how they redid them. And then they redid it again, like you said, for for yellow, and they looked a lot mm-hmm. more true to the anime and the cards, all that stuff. So so yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had. Fire red, leaf green, and then we get Pokemon. Let's go. So it means been remade. So this may be the next that next one that, that and I'm hoping so. I, I hope so. Now if that one gets remade, because I didn't I didn't pick up Let's Go, um, because I just like I'm just waiting for the what is now Sword and Shield. Yeah, it's like I played enough and, Red and Blue in my lifetime as well to know it's like I don't need to replay this again. But right, yeah. If I do, I'll just replay the Red or Blue. Uh, you know, it. it's like, but I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm do, go. I'll do Gold and Silver again though because that's that's my favorite. Like I said, so absolutely, yeah. So, uh, all right, well, Adam, I'll uh, toss it back to you. All right, so, um, one of the uh, first episodes I ever got to do with Matt on the show talked a lot of Resident Evil, and uh, mm-hmm. well, how about that? We're gonna dive into a Resident Evil game on the Nintendo DS, and that is Resident Evil Deadly Silence. And for those of you wondering, guess what? This actually is, once again, a port of the original first Resident Evil on the PlayStation. And I wanted to state before, like, again, as a testament to what the DS can do, this thing was now playing 
a PlayStation game on it. Yeah. Like, how about that? And it's just, it was so incredible to see because I wondered how were they going to do this. I didn't know if anything was going to be dumbed down. But this was released in February of 2006 to commemorate the 10th anniversary of the original game. But mm-hmm. it's just so crazy how they did that with, with a PS1 game. But it makes sense because this is at the time when Capcom was doing a lot of stuff with Nintendo. Like um, Resident Evil 4 was coming out. They did the remake of the first game, totally redone with new graphics. And Zero had come out. Um, I think Zero came out maybe three years prior, I think, to this as well. That sounds about right. Yeah, so it's insane because this... Not only did it still retain the original PS1 graphics perfectly, mind you, it still had the original voiceovers and the original full motion video cutscenes. Like the black and white movie that with with actual actors in, in the original PS1 game. Because think about this, because like when we had N64, you couldn't work full motion video cutscenes into the cartridge. Not re- not really. Which is, yeah. you know, that's why Final Fantasy VII was put out on the PS1. That's why, you know, Resident Evil came out the way it did on, you know, the PS1. I mean, they originally scrapped Resident Evil Zero on the N64, actually. Mm. It was originally supposed to come out for that. And you could still see the footage for it, all the test footage. Because they just didn't know how to master it on a cartridge yet. So... That that was that was enough to blow me away. But for anyone that does not know, you know the original plot to Resident Evil, you have the choice to play as Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine, members of Stars. That's the Special Tactics and Rescue Squad, part of the uh, RPD Raccoon Police Department. Uh, you're part of Alpha Team, and you go search for Bravo Team, who got lost in the Arclay Mountains. Um, trying to investigate a couple of grisly murders, but um, both teams discover that monsters and zombies are behind all of these deaths. You take refuge in the mansion, a nice, wild, modern take on the haunted house, if you ask me personally, and you discover the nightmare continues, and obviously you have to figure out how uh, this this all came to be. Um, It pretty much retains its tanky controls, and uh, the menu layout, but we did actually get one slight change in the controls. Resident Evil 3 introduced, um, that's Nemesis on the PS1, that introduced a 180 degree turn you can do to kind of help you turn around and get away from enemies faster. So we got that. This also, however, adds something called Rebirth Mode. So you could play the classic version of it, and then you could do Rebirth Mode. So it's the same story and everything. However, this was tailored to more suit the DS functions actually Um, so there will be certain areas that you get to in the game that will require you to go into a first person mode and use your knife or other weapons to take out uh, enemies actually and there's actually more added enemies um, in rebirth mode and we also got a multiplayer mode what I always loved about um, the Resident Evil games is you get like the unlockable games like battle mode or uh, mercenary mode and stuff like that. And that's kind of what the multiplayer was trying to do with it um, as a land feature. Um, I don't know if you kids listening know what uh, land was, but that's <laughs> when uh, you connected uh, kind of like you did an online connection, but everyone had to be in like the same, like, I guess home, like connected to the same uh, internet connection actually. And um, it's all two to four players. Um, there are two modes added to this. You have co-op, where you and other players help one another solve puzzles inside the mansion and uh, help each other uh, escape. Um, also, there's competitive mode, where you face off, again, two to four players. And your job is to see who could get the highest score. And you get um, you get your score by killing enemies. And the tougher the enemy, the more points you get basically and what was really cool about this was you could play as Chris or Jill but also it allowed you to play as other stars members that were featured in Resident Evil 1 and some that were even shown once again in Resident Evil 0 so you could play as Chris Jill uh, you could play as Barry Burton Wesker Forrest Spire uh, Enrico Rebecca Chambers Kenneth who is actually in Resident Evil 1 when you run into your first zombie 
in the hallway eating uh, the body. That's Kenneth, actually. So um, you could play as Kenneth. And Richard, who... Um, Richard is the character that is killed later on by the uh, giant snake in, in the mansion. So I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. You have three levels to choose from. You could play in the mansion. Uh, the guardhouse, which is um, outside where you fight the giant uh, plant. And the umbrella laboratory. Uh yeah, so I I really liked that um, that new spin on it. I didn't play much of Rebirth mode. I was I I was kind of just like I said, I was blown away enough by the fact that we got to play the original as it was on the PS One. But they finally were able to like we could do full motion video on a cartridge now at this point. Because remember, before the DS, we had um, the GameCube, and the GameCube was, by that point, uh, disc technology. So it was easier for them, obviously, on a disc to do full motion video and stuff like that for cutscenes. But to finally get it on uh, the cartridge was um, was uh, something. Um, okay, so so quick question yes. here. Okay, so there is... I'm trying to think of how many different versions of the original Resident Evil there are now. Because... I think you can make an argument there's a ton. So Yes. Actually there's there is, there's two alone on the PlayStation. Right. There is the PlayStation and Saturn version. There is a Saturn version, that's correct. There's a Windows version, like an old like ninety six Windows version of the original game. Like Resident Evil, right? Before it was director's yeah. cut. Yeah. Then there's Resident Evil Director's Cut, right. right? Which is the same game, but what what is the difference in that? Um I got to be honest, I don't know because I've only played Director's Cut, actually. Oh, gotcha. I never played the original Resident Evil as as it was. Like, once uh, like once 2 came out, like, Director's Cut was already out. And, like, so I was, I was only able to get my hand on Director's Cut, actually. So, yeah. Okay. I never played the So original. then there is Resident Evil Gaiden, isn't that? That's like Game, Game Boy, Boy Color. Game Boy Color, that but it's, not like, ca- it's like... It's not canon, though, actually. Okay. Okay. So then there is... The GameCube remake mm-hmm. of the original game. Then technically, you could that you could argue there is an enhanced version of that, which is the HD versions. Yes, mm-hmm. that are on Steam, like PS4. I think it's on PS3. You know, it's now on Switch. Okay, and then there's this, which is basically the DS version of the original port of the original game. Yeah. So there are an insane amount of ways to play. I thought there were. Uh, what's, Wait, what's the, the first? There's the, the one on the the Wii. The, it was like a rail shooter version. Right. I think. What was that called? Uh, Dark Side Dark Side Chronicles or Umbrella Chronicles? Oh, it was yeah, Umbrella one Chronicles. Of uh, Dark Side. Yeah, was one the of those. Second one. Yeah, Umbrella Chronicles. Yeah, you can play it that That's way it. too. Yeah. Uh, but I isn't. I thought there was a first person shooter version of it. That was. Isn't that? Uh, no, well, I'm thinking I think, of Dead Eight. I I think. Well, yeah, Dead Aim is 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 its own game in general, where it's um, it's not entirely first person. It's just first person when you use your weapons. Um, but then there's Resident Evil Survivor on the PS One and uh, Dreamcast, which again, it's not a remake or anything, but that's that's all in first person. Got you. Yeah. See, this is why I love having Adam on because <laughs> the Resident Evil series is almost like the Mega Man series at this point, where there's so many games and there's so many different versions, and I'm like, I spent a lot lost. of time on yeah. uh, on my Resident <laughs> Evil. Yeah, it was, uh... which is great. Hey, it's, it's great. That's what, okay. So yeah, this is the this is the best portable way to play the original version. Except for now, you can play the remake. This is the only portable way to play the original version. Right. Well. Unless you can play the original version on the PSP slash PS Vita. Oh, yeah, through, um, like, the, you, through like their you, PlayStation Store, I think, right? The PlayStation yeah. Store, yeah. Um, but this would, this way is infinitely easier. You just pop in the cartridge. That's it? Yeah, and there's yeah. even still like the door animations, too, and everything, and all the mm-hmm. sound effects that, that come with it. Like it, did, it doesn't miss a beat, man. It doesn't, the, only, the only thing I will say, though, and this isn't me giving it um, – any crap or anything like that. Like I'm not trying to nitpick here either. But you know, this was like really their their first hand at this. You know, the DS was still fairly new. It had only been out for not even two years yet. Um, there's a part of the game where you get into the Umbrella Lab, and there's a flooded area, and that's where you fight the giant shark and everything. Um, mm-hmm. The frames do slightly drop when you're running in in the water. 
but it's 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 not enough to make it not enjoyable. But you you yeah. you can if you look at it carefully, you can see it. But but still, hey, I I, I still have my uh, deadly silence stacked up. Hey, right I remember the I remember yeah the shark parts where I always use like the little gun, the Derringer. I use it on the big shark. I think it's funny. Oh yeah, yeah. The um, that, yeah, I think yeah. that was one of the um, the emergency weapons they gave you in the uh, the remake. I think, yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Um. Yeah. Resident Evil. Hey, you can play. You can play Resident Evil on the DS. I mean, what more? You know, what more do you want for the freaking DS? Yeah, one of the few. Uh, one of the few M-rated games on the Nintendo DS, actually. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, hey, I'm going to talk about a game. Um, this one you could almost define as a hidden gem. I can't remember if I've talked about this on the show before or not. I went back and I was trying to make sure I really hadn't. Uh, but it is a game called Spectral Force Genesis. Now, when I bought this game uh, like five years ago, it was on Amazon for like eight bucks. I'm pretty sure you can still find it in the wild for incredibly cheap. Um how do I describe this game? It is, in a sense, a kind of turn-based strategy game. Think about it more kind of like Risk, however, yes. and then it has yes, a, and then definitely. it has a little bit has a little bit of RTS kind of battles. Um, so it 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 takes place uh, in like this you know kind of fiction. It's it's like it. There's not the the game is not really that deep. Um, I mean. I, in a, in a way, it kind of is, but in a way, uh, it's it's not. It's um, it, it looks like an RPG, but it's not. It's it really is like a budget title is like the way I, I kind of um, you know need need to describe this. Um, to actually tell you the story, uh, the way the game works is you have about forty different kingdoms, and each kingdom has its own character. And so what you need to do is you have to take over, systematically take over the entire map. And you do that essentially through battling. And, um, you know, it's you have like a calendar year and every month you do something different. Like one month you're raising taxes. The next month you are engaging in battles. The next month you are engaging in strategy. You know, you could form alliances. You can um, try and steal other countries' generals. Um, and the story is told through you um, through like little cutscenes that happen in every character's kind of arc as you play through. Um, but triggering those cutscenes are kind of random. And like each campaign, you could I could say like takes roughly like ten hours. Ooh. So I've yet to find any guide or anything on the internet, and I myself have never done this over the five years I've playing, played through every character's story to be able to tell you exactly what like the full, you know, like story is. <laughs> um like it would take like an insane amount of hours to beat this beat this game with every character. But um it's definitely something that like I played a lot on like lunch breaks at work um because you can just kind of like oh, i'll just play a couple turns or whatever um and kind of build your your conquest you have to you have um you know you have to trade you have to buy stuff um you know and you gotta like, keep your your troops morale high and there is kind of this like risk reward system where the more territories you gain is essentially, you know, I think about it like, like a factory. Okay. Well now I've gained another country. I gain access to that country's resources as oh. they're growing um, and stuff like that. But you have like your, your troops and then you have um, like walls, right? So like you, you get to build up your wall and that's basically your country's defense. And so if you take over a country your country is then undefended and until you get to a month where you can build and so you can build walls and you're, you know, if you lose that battle, you just lost that, that country and all of your troops. So really you, it's like best to kind of like Ooh. bide your time, wait and see, okay, this month is battle. This month is cause it's random. Every year is every year is random. And so you're just kind of like waiting, waiting, and waiting. And sometimes you go through like a year or two until you're like, okay, this is the opportune time to like attack this country, attack this. You and you can like sit and kind of wait for other countries to kind of eat each other alive. And then like that's then you like this, 
now this uh, like country is bigger because they have more territory and like the small ones get weeded out. Um, and the map is the map works really well because like some countries uh, already start out with like four or five territories when they start, but maybe they'll have less troops. And then other countries start out, but like they're in the middle of a bunch of other smaller countries. And so it's kind of easy to take over territories. But if you mess up on like your first year or two, then you can get like, you know, destroyed by all of these other countries around you. So um, it's a it's it's definitely like a an interesting game. It's got a very big anime art style um, to it. It has completely mixed reviews across the internet. Yeah, I've seen uh, I mean, that. Just <laughs> completely mixed reviews. Like, uh, you know, some people like I'm reading one here on Metacritic. Special Spectral Forces Genesis is a really disappointing game overall. Uh, and while I found myself oddly enthralled with clicking through uh, menus, the end result is that I spent a lot of time not really doing anything at all. And that is definitely true. It definitely is a game that requires um, you know, some 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 patience. And then some people who praise the game they say you know it's it's a very complex strategy you know there's a bunch of goals and it, but it definitely requires dedication i think it looks good um and it's really satisfying when you take over that next country and build your and and build and build your empire so um if you can find it for dirt cheap which i'll pull it up on amazon here i'm sure you could still i bought it like brand new like five years ago nice nice uh forces Spectral Forces Genesis on Amazon. Okay, now it's like sixteen bucks. When I bought it, it was like seven. Mm. But hey, I mean, you can buy it used for eight. So yeah, that's still not bad. But yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I I was looking at this and I liked the whole anime isometric view style. I thought that was mm-hmm. very very charming. But yeah, from looking at it, like I thought, oh yeah, like this is like Risk. I kind of thought to myself, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how much deeper went like you were telling me about like like taxes and like kind of like how you go through mm-hmm. like each month and stuff like that so so that seems really really cool that, that's that's different and it's it's addicting it's it's definitely an it's definitely an addicting game because you once you it's kind of that instant gratification thing we're like oh sweet i just improved oh sweet i just improved oh sweet I, you know what i mean yeah i just improved and then you're like wow i just played that game for eight hours <laughs> Yeah, and so it's 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 definitely got that going on it. So, so. yeah, it, it it has a very charming quality about it, I think. And despite reading the mixed reviews, yeah, I, it, it's something I think I would like to 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 give a shot myself. You know, I I like that concept of like building a wall and upping your defenses and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, it, it's it, it seems to have like a a mix of like. You know, like you said, it's like it's like tactical. There's there's real time strategy with that sense of like you're powering up your defenses. That it's kind of like a like a tower defense thing as well. It almost seems like, but all while just like expanding on like what what risk was. So so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Spectral Forces Genesis. Uh, you know, if you can find it dirt cheap, I'd say you know grab it. Especially if you're somebody who likes tactical RPGs and there are. Or just you know strategy games, as there are a bunch on the DS. Like if you're if you're a collector, um, I mean, there's certainly better uh, tactical, you know, or strategy games for the DS. Obviously, Front Mission, the remake of Front Mission, which is a game I'd you know love to dive into at some point. The Fire Emblem games, um, I think Final Fantasy Tactics. What is it? A two is the is the one that's on the on the on the DS. So I, th- I think that's it. Yeah, but I mean, certainly it's it's a it's a gaming. I'm sure you've probably played. You haven't played something like it, so check it out. All right. Okay, I Adam. Got... So I think yeah, your your last game. My here. last game here. Now, here we go. I um, I've had a long history of looking at this franchise, but it, for, it was this game that finally made me uh, pull the trigger on it, and that is a Shimagami Tensei game. Actually, um, released kind of late in the DS's life cycle released on 2009 it's Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey this is a standalone game uh, from the other there's a lot of different series in the Shin Megami uh, franchise and I'll I'll get into that uh, a little later so like I said 2009 it's a JRPG uh, featuring the likes of demons and other deity varieties uh, basically Um, 
I'm just going to give a little input. Well, not input, but I'm going to dive in a little bit into what our story is. I'm going to give the Mm -hmm. abridged version. Uh, In a nutshell, we are, uh, you're part of a task force in a, a distant future in our world, and we are sent to Antarctica by the United Nations. An unknown anomaly that has been dubbed as, this makes me laugh every time I say it, because I don't know who decided to call it this. It's called the Schwarzwelts. It's appeared, and it's consuming um, the region. Have you ever watched Annihilation or read the the book? Um, Mm -hmm. The movie had, like, uh, Natalie Portman in it, but there's, like, that, there's, like, this... um, Oh, I I know I know the movie you're talking about, but no, I did not see it. Yeah, so it's kind of like that where like this thing is like encompassing like southern United States, but like within is like is a whole different uh world basically. So upon entering um the Schwarzwelds when your team gets down to Antarctica, you find it's kind of like a warped parallel universe in a sense. And it's run by demons and creatures of folklore ranging from Christianity, Norse mythology, Egyptian, uh, Japanese even, and there's just, just many, many, many others. It was, it was very thoroughly uh, thought, out, thought out here. Um, it plays like any other turn-based uh, JRPG, um, but it's also, in the battle system, it's got something what you would call a co-op aid system, I guess. And that's kind of like where the real meat and potatoes comes into here. So, in your party, you basically this is kind of like a uh, Pokemon esque or or any kind of like um, game where you catch monsters and use them as a team. Uh, you recruit demons and other monsters uh, into your party, but you do this through like a certain variety of means. Like you can just battle them and just kill them, but you don't get them that way. You have to get them by actually uh, talking to them, which there's an option to use in your in your um, battle menu. And you can uh, you can sweet talk them, you can bribe them, you can pay them. It all depends on their alignment, basically. Uh, it, it, alignments include stuff like dark, light, and neutral, and it goes even further. You have like dark law, neutral law, dark chaotic, light law, neutral chaos. That's like to name a few, basically. And you know if y- you're kind of like. Your character's kind of, like, on the light side, basically, so it's really hard to get, like, darker characters, but if you, like, work well enough and, like, kind of figure out how you should be talking to, um, like, these demons and stuff like that, you could get you could get them on your team, basically. I, I, I think on my team right now, I, had, I have, like, a dark, chaotic character. I have a neutral character, and I have a, um, I have a light, uh, law character, basically. But, um... But now, if some of your demons in your team have the same alignment, they do kind of like this chain attack together after each one's done their respected attack. So it adds an extra turn in combat to help aid you. So it's good to have demons in your party that have similar alignments, basically. So I thought that was a cool feature uh, to add to a very basic JRPG system. Um, It's... Strange Journey in the Shin Megami Tensei series, it's kind of like one of those games like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest where it's like some games share the same stories and others are standalone, but they all have similar game mechanics. And in this case, in Shin Megami Tensei, the reoccurring theme is the demons, basically. Demons are pretty much in the most part in every Shin Megami game. I think the only series that's really different, I never really played any of these games, but the Persona games... Uh, mm-hmm. I think you like fight demons, but it's like your party is basically just all the characters like you meet in like right. whatever school you're going to and stuff like that and everything. Um, not that's important, but it's like one of the most familiar um, mascots in the Shin Megami series is um, is what you'd call Jack Frost. He's kind of like this cute little like humanoid snowman like little guy. He wears like a little crown. So like a lot of people have probably seen Jack Frost but probably just didn't know what series he's from. But but that's where he comes from, though. Um, the game kind of runs in a first-person dungeon crawler aspect as well. How you encounter demons is almost time-based. It's like as you begin a new like 
battle or, or encounter enemies it's like it happens every few paces and it's kind of signaled by like a light that kind of like works as a radar it starts out blue which means you're kind of like safe but as you keep going it turns yellow to signify um, caution and then when it turns red it means a battle's about to take place like at any time basically there's kind of no way out of that so you kind of like always have to make sure you like your team is like up to speed and like ready to go here basically um there's a lot of crude humor and adult themes in this game like one area you reach like it the game is split up into certain um levels basically and you just have to complete certain objectives in each dungeon to get to the next uh level and the second level in this game it's it's all pretty lengthy um it took me like 12 hours to get to the, the third level which is kind of like where i left off on which i kind of forget what it was because i've never finished this game actually but um i definitely plan on sinking back a lot more time into it but the second level is a brothel and like drug den that's <laughs> like run by like the demons and like there's other people in the task force that you run into that are kind of like going crazy and they're like kind of like falling to like temptation which is odd because it's again it's all demons and, and stuff like that and everything um so i thought again it's a it's another one of the few m-rated games on on switch actually uh in your character as far you, you know you're a human you have a melee attack so you can get stuff like knives or like i think you can get like swords and stuff like that and you have firearms and you can get just unlock different firearms as you progress through the game and stuff like that and your demons have a physical attack based on their alignment and they have spells too based on what kind of like creature they are too um a 3ds port was also released um about a year or two ago um hmm. and uh it basically adds i think more cutscenes and um it has added dungeons as well, actually, I think, to help utilize the, the 3DS um, aspects um, of the system. Uh, I haven't played it. I still have the original uh, DS version. Um, but, yeah, I've probably plugged into it, like I said, a total about 12 hours into this game. And um, I think I'm just going to, like, restart it and just kind of, like, really take the time to, like, just plow through this thing. I've always been interested in the Shin Megami Tensei series. There's a lot of other Shin Megami games on the DS, even on uh, the 3DS. Other games that like sparked my interest here um, was the original Shin Megami Tensei series. Uh, you have a uh, Digi Devil Saga as well. Um, like I said, despite I haven't finished it, it, it it's solid and it's really really dark. And and different, I think. And if you if you're kind of like looking for a, a kind of like more mature like theme on like monster catching games like Pokemon or Dragon Quest monsters for that matter and stuff like that, I think this is a this is a solid way to go. This title, it's it's, mm. it's pretty interesting. Is this so? Does this does this game have? Does it tie into any of the others? No, this one is completely standalone. The, the sh- okay, so is the Shin Megami? So like the Persona series is like kind of loosely tied together from what I. The Persona series is kind uh, of gathered, and then the Shin Megami Tensei series is almost like Final Fantasy, where there are their own stories. In a sense, yeah. Like some games. Whoop! Hang on, I uh, I lost my uh, my mic for a minute. Oh, it's all good. All <laughs> I know. Good. So basically, um, some games are directly uh, connected to each other. Like I think um, games like uh, Shin Megami Tensei uh, Devil Summoner. Uh, mm-hmm. That has a sequel or two, I believe. Shimigami Tensei Four, um, where I think a lot of the games in the Shim in the original Shimigami series are kind of more anthology based. But Shimigami Tensei Four has a side a game called sequel. Apocalypse. Apocalypse, right? So those games tie into each other as well. Yeah. Actually, I think the um Digi Devil Saga, I forget how many games are in that, but that's its own series, but again, it shares all those qualities of like it shares the same kind of demons and everything and stuff like that. Kind of gotcha. like how any Final Fantasy game will share monsters and stuff like that or like the Chocobos gotcha. and, and and everything. Right. So yeah, yeah it's gotcha. just real dark apocalyptic 
I don't know if Satanic is even stretching it because you find some really crazy stuff uh, in these games. You have this thing called the Demon Summoner Program too, and through that you can combine demons to make other demons. And like you bring up like this little computer screen, and there's like a pentagram on it. It's it's really really like like interesting um, stuff. Don't let that um, stuff reflect uh, my own. Spiritual beliefs, by the way. I just think the game's cool. That's that, that's mm-hmm. it, really. But uh, but yeah, uh, strange journey. I thought uh, I thought um, you know, let me uh, lean away from uh, a remake here and go with something original that was put out uh, specifically for uh, uh, the DS. And it, and it uses yeah. the dual screen function as well because um, the bottom screen maps out the areas you're in too. So so that's cool. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have your map like on hand and. And ready to go and everything. So that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Hey, man. Well, uh, last game we're going to be talking about here is a game I bought. Um, I've never really played a lot of the Mana series. I played some of Secret of Mana. I know um, the one for the PlayStation. What is it? Um, Legend of Mana uh, is a, real, a lot of people love. Um but this is Children of Mana. Uh, it came out in 2006. It's essentially a it's a dungeon crawler. Really is is the is the easiest kind of way. But it's a um, it it plays just like a lot of the other Mana games. You know that kind of action RPG with kind of above almost like kind of not like Diablo, right? But that kind of above like almost like Zelda. You know, you think back to like the original. Yeah, it's Zelda, like it's it's real like time action. too, right? I think. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, and it's real time. Yeah, it's real time. Uh, yeah, you know, has that has that kind of top down perspective. Uh, the cool thing about this though is you. Uh, I mean, the story is about as basic as every other mana game that exists. You know, you've got the mana tree and the mana sword, and um, you know, it's it's pretty your your base your basic RPG uh, story. Um, you know, if you've played any mana game, you know, it's all, all pretty much the same. Um, but one of the cool things about this is that you, it's, it's a dungeon crawler. So you're really, um, it's, you're, you're really spending a lot of your time diving back into dungeons, trying to get better weapons, trying to build up your characters. Um, and you have four, uh, different, uh, characters that you can, um, play through. You've got, uh, um, what is it? You've got uh, uh, Farrick, Tambor, Poppin, and the Wanderer. Um, Farrick is kind of like your, you know, your your, your soldier. Uh, you know, he like his his story is kind of like he lost his his parents and his family in like this disaster. Um, uh, Tambor is a is a girl. Uh, you know, she's kind of like your 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 bow or your your archer. Uh, Poppin, um, uh, he has the flail. And then you have the Wanderer, and he uses um, the hammer. And that's basically like the four uh, kind of weapons you get. He's got like a big cat uh, cat guy. And so um, you're basically just going back through dungeons and dungeons, just trying to build up your, build up your characters, build up your weapons. Um, you know, there are side quests involved. Have you, have you ever played any of the uh, Mana games, so, Adam? Now, here's the thing, because when, when you revealed that this was going to be one of your games to me, I thought, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the second game. Oh no, it's the sixth. Like this is the sixth game. I was like, oh I, yeah, I did not know there were that many mana games to begin with. I, I thought there, there were are, only yeah. two. So I thought, oh, nope. I thought this was just like a port of the second game. And I realized, no, and this oh. one's this one's really like it's it's like its own it's like its own thing. Um, but one of the you know one of the cool things about it was you could play uh, with four people. You know the the DS had that kind of local Wi-Fi thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so you could kind of do that if you had a handful of people um, playing it. It looks really good. It's got the, those really crisp pixels. Uh, you know that that sprite um, art soundtrack is great. Um, you know, and basically, uh, it's it's kind of like it reminds me of. Um, dark cloud in a bit like every every dungeon floor you go to you basically have to run around until you find a um in dark cloud you always have to go find the key to get to the next level and that's kind of the same thing here you're you're running around and you're looking for um oh god it's it's some kind of orb i'm I'm blanking on uh, exactly what it's called right now but um you know so uh dungeons are the randomly uh generated uh, every dungeon, it's it's you know it's got a bunch of randomly generated, and you just go back and forth between each zone. Uh, Gleam drop is what it's is what it's called. Um, 
and so that's what you need. And then, and then once you get to the last floor, you fight a boss. And um, so, I mean, it's really kind of a grindy game. Uh, it's yeah. If you're if you're looking if you're definitely like I kind of like those grindy games where you're gr- constantly grinding for gear, uh, and that's you know that's definitely um, what you're you know what you're doing here. Uh, the different weapon types are really cool because they have different effects on like the environment. Like the uh, hammer can smash pots. Um, uh, you know, like your your sword can cut down like grass in front of you and um things like that you also get little side uh characters um i think there's like eight they're little elementals and they you know do like um it's kind of like buffs in a way but you know they give you like extra extra attacks and they can um change like add um elemental stuff to your to your weapons they can kind of change your your elemental attacks and so then um you there's side quests where you basically go back to a previous dungeon and you basically fight like a harder you know version of that of that dungeon but um it's kind of like in my the way i kind of view it is it's it's kind of like since like you know there's really not another game that i can find on the ds that has that almost like you know i'm gonna air quote here diablo style right right those those dun those those dungeon crawlers where you could play with like four people and and do and and go about it that way and so my brother and i both had it and that's what we would do is hey let's you know just grinding through um some levels on uh children of mana yeah i saw the isometric view and i saw like the way it played and i was instantly like oh yeah i'm like this this is looking pretty good because i loved i loved diablo 2 back in the day and just i had Mm -hmm. so many great adventures with like you know with other people like other friends of mine and and it's just to have that on on the ds where you could all just sit around together and just go into random dungeons and not know what's going to happen that's that's that always makes for a good game experience and it's like like i said it's got the great isometric view it's got the cool mm-hmm. again anime like sprites you know i'm just a sucker for for that kind of stuff so so yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is yeah this is like um so it's a spin-off so it's its own thing there are a there are a hand of mana games though um you know as as you start here so the original one is, is called final fantasy adventure right Ooh. Um, yeah, if you didn't, if you, yeah, if you, if you didn't know that it's, uh, or, um, Final Fantasy Gaiden, uh, is what I think it was, it was later called in, in Europe. But then Secret of Mana is the second game. Then there is oh. Trials of Mana, which just got added to the Secret of Mana or the Mana collection that came out on Switch. Mm-hmm. And it's actually getting remade next year. Um, they just, uh, last year did like a PS4 and Steam version remake of Secret of Mana. Um, then in the main series, the last one is Dawn of Mana, oh. which is on PlayStation 2. Uh, and then there's the spin-off kind of games, which is Legend of Mana that's on the PS1, Children of Mana, Heroes of Mana, which is also on the DS, and um, like Rise uh, it's like Rise of Mana. It's like a Japanese-only um, iOS game or, or something like that. Yeah, I did not know there were that many this yeah i just mm-hmm. i always thought there were just two and then i looked well at a lot it. of people don't a lot of people don't know that final fantasy adventure is a mana game it's basically the the start of the of the mana of the mana series yeah i didn't know that i like like that game i knew but yeah, I it's on the game it's on the, it's on the game boy yeah it's called right. final fantasy adventure so everyone's like oh it's a final fantasy game well not really it's like it is and it isn't and it's just right but yeah, and then in I, Europe, in Europe, it, it came out and it was called Mystic Quest, which is even more confusing because then there's Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, you know. And oh so, my god! <laughs> yeah, I know, which is its own thing, and I've talked about it before, so it's just infinitely more confusing. But Children of Mana, um, you know, it's kind of just cute, fun little game you can pop into your DS. I'm pretty sure you can still get it on amazon for relatively cheap um new well a brand new version is like 40 dollars, but you can buy used versions for like eight so oh well that's not bad no no it's not it's not it's not it's not bad at all and it's got it's gotten pretty good it's got it's got pretty good um reviews here it's just it's you know it's, it's that repetitive dungeon crawler uh, kind of thing, but some people find some people love that. We're just like, all right, hey, I just I just love grinding through. Oh, I yeah, uh, grinding I'm, through I'm, levels. I'm, I'm always in for the grind, you know. It, mm-hmm. it just, and I'm always, I've always kind of been on the lookout to expand my, 
my DS library actually. So it's like I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look at all of these. And due to yeah. the fact that this is kind of its own game, that would make it a lot easier. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a I mean, and you know, the the DS and then God the 3DS the libraries. You know, we we picked we just talked about six games today. We have that doesn't even scratch the surface of the stuff that's like. Because you know you you got like the classics right you know so like Super Mario sixty four remake like you know that was that was one, um, you know Mario Kart the Zelda games and then you know I think we hit kind of some of those second tier and even third tier games, uh, with like uh, Spectral Forces Genesis but man there's it's even even to just cover the DS would be a, a task in itself. We'd probably be here for years. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, hey, uh, Adam, thanks for coming back on again. Um, guys, let us know. Shoot us some comments over on the Facebook page of uh, maybe some some games you guys want us to check out, take a look at. Uh, you know, maybe another another system we could talk about. So, um, Adam, uh, I know I, th- I think you've you're 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 kind of taking a break from your 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 you kind of moving on a little bit from that wrestling podcast. So where can people find you on the internet now? Yeah, right now if you you know, if you want to chat about um wrestling games, music, whatever, you could find me on the Twitter machine at uh King of Fuzz Style. Uh same on uh Instagram, uh at uh King of Fuzz Style. I'm there. Yeah. Perfect. And of course that will change uh next week. So <laughs> Yeah. Make sure you get those follows in now uh, before it's, it's. I'll send it's, out a memo if I'm gonna like change it again. Yeah, I'll like I'll make a mass it. post about it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So, uh, all right, guys. Well, um, you can find me anywhere on the internet at Super Gains Bros, uh, as well as on you know various other podcasts such as Hyperspace Hangout, a Star Wars podcast, or Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. So, as always, thanks for listening.